we've been hearing some testimonies that, that I think are, are, are very powerful and very important for us. We, we're promoting the book of John, which is the modern passion play based on the gospel of John. And we're giving out copies of the gospel of John uh, with information about the book of John, the modern passion play. And uh, what you're doing when you're passing out those booklets at the various different places that you are, you're doing what we really desperately need to do in the life of our church, and that is we really need to develop a, 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 an inviting culture. All we have to do is just simply be concerned about people and just invite them to come and experience what we have to offer to them at Spring Valley Baptist Church. We, we really need an inviting culture so that some of the people out here that you know who are not a part of church or people that you run into, whether you're doing it uh, at one of the uh, care facilities or whether you're doing it at Little Pigs or wherever you're doing it, uh, you know, you're inviting them to come and be a part of, of Spring Valley Baptist Church. And you don't know what doors that might open for the opportunities to minister uh, through the gospel in the name of Jesus Christ. So uh, I'm g- grateful for those who've been sharing the gospel, the booklets. Uh, men, uh, we really need you to sign up for next weekend's sportsman's event out at the state fairgrounds. We've got a, a booth rented for the whole weekend. It's a great opportunity to influence men and invite them to come to Spring Valley, not just for the passion play on the Gospel of John, but to come and experience what we have in the way of Bible teaching and our worship time. So I, I encourage you to do that. Now, we, we continue in the book of John with the sermon series on the I Am statements of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We've heard him say, I'm the bread of life, I'm the light of the world, I'm the door. Last week he said, I am the good shepherd. Today we hear him talk about being the resurrection and the life. And in, and in light of that, uh, he, as he's addressing the issue of death, I read an interesting news release, I thought it was interesting, um, that in Brazil, uh, in a small town of Baritaba, uh, near the larger city, St. Paulo, they have a problem. And that is they've run out of room in the local cemetery. And there is an ordinance enacted that they cannot expand because then it would merge into, I think, something kind of like wetlands that we protect around here. So they've got a problem. And that is that uh, they're out of room in the cemetery and, and people are going to die. And so the mayor has come up with a decree and that is that they are outlawing death. Nobody else can die in that town. And so this is what the mayor is asking the citizens to do. He says, take good care of your health in order not to die. And warns that infractors will be held responsible for their acts. So what they're saying is, you're not supposed to die if you live in this town. And if you die, you're going to be responsible for whatever we do to you. You die, what can they do to you? What can they do to you? Well, the only person who can solve that problem about death and life is the one that we look to today, who is the great I am God, who is Jesus Christ. And we hear him say something about life and death that we really need to take to heart. And that is, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. You find that in the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter that hopefully you are familiar with, that it revolves around his good friend Lazarus' death and the two sisters of Lazarus, Mary and Martha. And so we hear Jesus say that in John 11. We just look at verses 25 through 26 and come back and look at a couple of other segments of that. But Jesus said to her, he's speaking to Martha at this moment, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though 
he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's a powerful statement to make. See, he's touched on some issues already in his I am statements as a sufficient God to meet our every need. He's the bread of life to meet our needs, to sustain us physically. Uh, He is the light of the world to give us a light to show us the way to shine in the midst of our darkness. He is the door to open up so that we can come into the kingdom through him. And he is the good shepherd who loves us and willing to lay down his life for us. And then he moves it to another level of concern when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He addresses our issues about life and about death and says that in him, he is the resurrection and the life. So let's break down this, this great I am statement and see exactly what Jesus is saying to us and how we apply it to our life. First of all, just simply look at the declaration Jesus made. You should be familiar with the story in John 11. But uh, Jesus is ministering and he gets word from Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, that Jesus' good friend Lazarus is at the point of death. And Jesus does not immediately go to to the home and to the town of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But he delays several days. And then he finally makes his way to the town. And Martha and Mary, in two different instances, come out to greet Jesus. And they, they make the statement that oftentimes I think we do in times of death, that if statement or the if question. And each of them ask at different times, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus responded and said to Martha, your brother will rise again. And she reflects her understanding to that point in time by saying, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And that's important to know because that is promised to us as followers of Jesus Christ as a part of of this resurrection and life. But then Jesus makes the ultimate statement. I am the resurrection and the life and he who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asked the question of her and for us. Do you believe this? And that's the declaration that Jesus is the I am God who is eternal and who is sufficient to meet our every need makes. And then Jesus asked after that dialogue the place where Lazarus was lying and they took him there and he looked and we understand then that that Jesus was overcome with the emotion of the death of his good friend, and he wept. The shortest verse in Scripture, Jesus wept. But then he did the interesting thing. Jesus called forth, and he said, Lazarus, come out. And verse 44 said, The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Another translation, it might be King James, it says, loose him and let him go. I like that statement. Loose him and let him go. Because he had been bound by those cloths and he had also been bound by death. And Jesus has said to him, come out. And he says to the people, loose him and let him go because he brought him back to life. Lazarus had risen from the dead. Wasn't resurrected, but he's risen, risen from the dead. I think it's interesting that it was Augustine in the 4th century, one of our early church fathers, who first said, you know, it's a good thing that Jesus called Lazarus by name or everybody in that family tomb would have come out. Only the I am God Jesus could speak words of life 
to overcome death. Last week we heard Jesus talk about being the good shepherd and talking about how much he loves us and that he was willing to lay down his life for us, for our salvation. But then he went on to speak about his power over death. And he said, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. What Jesus is saying there is, he's saying, I am the I am God, and I have the power over death. And there are two great affirmations of that. He brought Lazarus back from the dead. There were several others that he brought back. But in this incident, he brought Lazarus back from the dead. And then his own resurrection on that first Easter Sunday, that resurrection morning. And only the I am God of eternity could do both. There was a glorious moment when Lazarus came out of the tomb. That the words of Jesus were affirmed. He prayed and asked God for that blessing. And, and Lazarus came forth when, when Jesus commanded it. Now, we're not sure how Lazarus felt about it because he'd been going to another world of eternity in the presence of God. And Jesus spoke and brought him back out of that. And he would have to die again. We know that. He'd have to die again. But there is hope for eternity when we hear Jesus say, I am the resurrection and the life. He had the power to defy the process of death and to affirm that power in his own Resurrection. So that's a bold declaration that Jesus makes. I am the resurrection and the life. Now what does that mean for us? Well, let's look at the definition of that. We could say very clearly that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was the defining moment of history. Many, many years before that, Job. We think maybe Job is the oldest book. You know something about the struggles about Job. And Job asked the plaintive question that so many people had asked, and that is, if a man die, will he live again? I think in Job's question, he speaks for all of us, because I think all of us, as human beings, have been fascinated and maybe afraid of the mystery of death. And we ask the question, a man comes into the world, he lives, and then he dies. Is that all there is to life? Is there anything else beyond that? Surely there must be something else beyond that. Rodin, the French master sculptor, best known for his work entitled The Thinker, uh, did some artwork and he attempted to capture the emotions provoked by the first human death in a sculpture of Adam and Eve embracing the, the dead body of their son, Abel. The interesting thing is, instead of reflecting pain and sorrow, the faces of Adam and Eve seem to reflect an inquisitive thought, perhaps about the mystery of death. Whether that's what Rodin intended or not, I'm not sure. But I know this. When Jesus speaks as the resurrection and the life and the I am God, He defines the mystery of of life in his resurrection. And in doing so, Jesus makes death transitional, not terminal. Be sure you catch that. Death is transitional, not terminal. It's terminal in this world. Yes, absolutely, it's terminal in this world. 
But it is the process that God uses to transition us from life in this world into the world of eternity. And if a believer, that takes us into his presence for all eternity. So death is a transition from life in this world into the world to come. A little bit of illustration from history. For many, many years, the National uh, Monument of Portugal was ne plus ultra, which translated means nothing more beyond. You look at a map, a world map, you'll see Portugal is situated uh, to the west of Spain. It was the westernmost land mass of the continent. And when you would sail from one of the harbors of Portugal, there's not much out there but the Atlantic Ocean. And hence was the national motto, and that is nothing more beyond. But then came a man by the name of Christopher Columbus who believed that there was more out there. And so he set out to go in search of a new route to the East Indies. And was he ever wrong? No one dreamed in his day and age that there were continents between Europe and Asia. And what Christopher Columbus discovered was the new world. And in doing so, he proved three things. First, he proved that the earth wasn't flat. Secondly, he proved that you could not sail so far and then drop off the edge of the earth. And then thirdly, he proved that the Portuguese motto was wrong. Nothing more beyond was wrong. And so they had to change their motto. Instead of it being ne plus ultra, it became plus ultra, which simply means more beyond. In a realistic way, that's what Jesus is saying when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. That's what this I am God means when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. There is more beyond the grave. There is more beyond life in this world. There is more beyond death in this world. Again, death is not terminal. It is transitional. That it transitions us from life in this world to the world of eternity. See, that's why we celebrate so powerfully on Easter Sunday the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because He is the resurrection and the life, and His own resurrection proves that. That's why every Sunday is a celebration, really, of the resurrection, and that's why we worship on Sunday and not on Saturday. We worship on the first day of the week when Jesus was resurrected. And you can take it to another level and think, Well, every day is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and it is. And when you understand that, then it ought to speak to your own life in a different way. You should be aware of the fact, living in the power of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, that your life should be tremendously different. Jesus, your Savior, your Lord, has authority over death and the forces of death. I remember reading this a few years ago. It actually happened in South Carolina in Greenville County that a letter came from the Department of Social Services from the Health and Human Bureau uh, to an individual resident. And the letter simply stated, your benefits will be stopped effective March because we received notice that you passed away. May God bless you. You may reapply if your circumstances change. (laughs) Certainly written in error. But it helps us understand something. Jesus changes the circumstances of death. As the resurrection and the life. 
he assures us that death is not terminal, but it is transitional. It takes us into the world of eternity. Now, how do we apply this statement that Jesus makes? How do we claim him as the resurrection and the life into our life? What difference does Jesus make in our life? The I am God, sufficient to meet our every need, who is the resurrection and the life. Well, there are a few things to offer. Number one, it means death has been defeated. Death has been defeated. In, in the story here in John 11, Lazarus died. And when Jesus confronts Martha, he says, your brother will rise again. And he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Then Jesus brings Lazarus back to life. And as the resurrection and the life, on that first Easter Sunday, those words rang with authority through the resurrected life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Through his act on the cross and his resurrection, he defeated sin, death, and the grave. And he has authority over death. And because Jesus has defeated death, and he shows us that it is a transitional process from God that takes us from this world to eternity, we should not fear death. Because Jesus promises us that we too have a resurrection as we believe in him for all eternity. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 addresses that issue and says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, that's us, flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that is Jesus died, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. I know a lot of people who live in fear of death. You might too. You might be somebody sitting here today and you are afraid of death. Let me tell you a simple truth. You embrace Jesus Christ as your Savior, then He lives in your life as the resurrection and the life, and you don't have to fear death any longer. Because God provides for you in the afterlife. He is the resurrection and the life. He's defeated death. He's defeated Satan. And you don't have to be afraid of dying any longer. Death is dead. Jesus defeated it. He's the resurrection and the life. So you don't have to fear death anymore. Secondly, you will find in Jesus Christ as the resurrection and the life that life has meaning and purpose. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. See, he reminds us there that through him, our lives are radically transformed. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, we talked about the abundant life or the full life that he gives to us. That's what we experience in Jesus Christ because of the resurrection and, and because we are in relationship with him. We experience a life that is free from, from the worry of death, a life that's free from the anxiety about who am I, where am I going, do I matter in this world? 
One out of 7.8 billion people, and God knows the number of hairs upon my head. He knows me by name. I'm engraved on the palm of his hand. Absolutely. You find that life has purpose and meaning when you embrace Jesus Christ as a resurrection in life. In the Broadway play Showboat, there's a line that's sung by, by a gentleman in the tones of the uh, old spirituals that we're so familiar with that are deeply passionate with feeling and meaning. And he sings these lines, I, I get weary and sick of trying. I'm tired of living but scared of dying. There are a lot of things that we fear in life. I don't like snakes. I'm definitely afraid of snakes. I can't stand them. Some people are afraid of bugs. You know, some, they're just bugs. They, some people are afraid of mice. Some people are afraid of a lot of different things. Some people are afraid of dogs. We had two grandsons at the house last night. Sullivan's was about three. And he immediately came into the, into the house. They have a dog at home, but for some reason, he, he's afraid of dogs. So he was afraid of our two dogs. So I had to make sure, okay, Sullivan, you're fine. The dogs are in the garage. You're in here. We're just going to unload the car, okay? So we have a lot of different fears in life. I think the two major fears that everybody has in some way is the fear of living and the fear of dying. Our fear of living is based upon the fact that we, we're insecure and we're insignificant. We're not sure that our life has meaning and purpose. And we fear death because we're not just exactly sure about what happens when we walk through that valley of the shadow of death. And we're not exactly sure about what happens after death and when we leave to go to eternity. Let me tell you, you don't have to fear any of those anymore. You don't have to fear living and you don't have to fear dying. Because Jesus defeated death and he promises you a life that is abundantly full of everything that you need in life. And that he died for you, for your sins. And when you acknowledge your sin and you confess your sin and you repent of that sin and you ask Jesus Christ into your life, to be the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, then you have a wonderful life in store. And you don't need to fear death nor life any longer. And then I think there's another application of that, and that is that not only do we not fear death, we don't fear the other aspects of life, but thirdly, we can face the future with confidence. When Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life, you can face the future with confidence because he did so. Jesus talked about laying down his life because he had the power to take it up again. He was confident as he faced death. We can face both death and life with confidence because of Jesus Christ. He is sufficient to meet our every need and to satisfy every desire and to save us from every fear in life. 1 John 4.4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if you believe in Jesus Christ as the resurrection and the life, then you have him within you. And he is greater than any other power, any other force that you can face. History tells us that Winston Churchill was a believer. It also tells us he arranged his own funeral. He made preparations for his funeral, which is always a good thing to do. It helps your family out at a time of death tremendously. And so there were stately hymns in St. Paul's Cathedral and a very impressive liturgy. 
At the end of the service, Winston Churchill had something unique planned. There was a bugler station high on the dome of St. Paul's Cathedral on one side who began to play taps, which is the uh, universal signal that the day is over. After that song ended, there was a slight pause, and then a bugler on the other side of the cathedral played out reverie, which we know is the military wake-up call. And why did Winston-Salem do that? Because he believed in Jesus Christ who said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though he dies. Jesus does what he says he will do. And he is sufficient to meet every need in your life. He is the one who says, let me give you hope when you face death, when you face life, when you face tomorrow. So claim your relationship with this wonderful I am God who is Jesus. And find as the resurrection and the life, he is more than sufficient to meet your needs. Let's pray. Father, thank you in your love and mercy and grace that you have bestowed upon us the gift of Jesus Christ who came to show us what your life, who came to die for our sins so that we could be forgiven, who came to be not only our Savior but who came to be our leader in life, who came as the resurrection and the life that teaches that death is not terminal here but is a transitional experience that brings us into your presence as we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. Help us, Father, today to claim Christ and embrace him as a resurrection and life. For anyone here today who fears death, who fears life, who feels insecure, let them find that security in Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life. Amen.